This Week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336 Special Trade Deadline Edition. I am your endearing stuttering host, Matt Sroka, and as always, I'm joined by the zany Burt Rohde. Burt, aren't you glad we waited until Wednesday to do this show so we could break down the latest trades? Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I told you guys I couldn't record on Wednesday, on Monday, you should, should have just kept it that way. And the... <laughs> Button lever, Josh Sharka. Yeah, Josh, because I think it's more entertaining yeah, it's... to talk about potential deals. I know. Than I know. To talk about the deals that didn't happen. What's What's worse, us recording on wait until Wednesday to talk about nothing, or if we would have done the show Monday and talked about all the possibilities for like the third straight week? Yeah, I don't know. What, what was more disappointing for you, Josh? Because I know you were all over it on Twitter. Trump's comments about Baltimore or Elias's moves at the trade deadline. What was more disappointing for you? I actually didn't spend much time on Twitter with either. The okay. Trump, the Trump stuff is fun because you know I'm down here in Florida, and nobody knows anything about Baltimore, but they all know I'm from Baltimore. So guess, uh, I think when I showed up to work the day after Trump's comments, I got three questions about Baltimore and rats before I got to my desk. You just tell them you're from Annapolis. Oh, I do. I definitely do. <laughs> Of course, we all know the problem with just telling a single story of Baltimore that they get from the wire, and Baltimore's more complex, and there's good parts and bad right. parts. But the thing is, um, it's like, it reminded me of the Orioles, where... There's good and bad? Well, well, no, like, we can sit in here all day and talk trash about our own team, about the Orioles. But, like, the second Jim Heyman, and not comparing Trump to Jim Heyman, but the second Jim, Jim Heyman opens John, up his John mouth... John Heyman. Oh, John Heyman. I don't care. The second he opens his mouth about the Orioles... We all stand, throw up our arms and take offense, right? Like, you can talk about Baltimore. You can talk about our, our, our terrible baseball team. Um, I mean, we can because it's our team. But I'm not going to let someone else talk trash about the Orioles or about my city. Uh, and you get up in arms about it. So uh, it's one thing to acknowledge something's terrible. It's another thing for someone from the outside to come in and say, oh, it's terrible. Right, right. It's like say something bad about the Baltimore Sun and you're going to upset John Maoli. Yeah, Exactly. 
So uh, let's jump right into the trade deadline. It <laughs> Which was part? <laughs> the nothing or the straightly. Well, outside of the Orioles, this was actually a really good trade deadline. I tell you what, it some was. sports have like off season. The NBA has the best off season, bar none. Everybody's changing team. It's awesome. Um, but baseball has the best trade deadline in all the sports. Another now, you, kind of insane trade deadline. This now, this around, was right? the first year. Yeah, and this is the first year that they've gotten rid of like the waiver trade deadline in August. So right. we were narrowed down to one trade deadline. So this right. is it. This is it. Yeah. There's not going to be any more of those like little dinky trades that trickle in to August and September. It's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can pull anyone from another organization now. Yeah, no. This was this used to be the non-waiver trade deadline. Then there was a waiver trade deadline. Mm. Now this is it. This is it. Okay. Um, so yeah. So this is this is our team. Like it or not, this is these are the teams. Um. So let's get into the Orioles. They did trade Dan Straley, who everyone I think was surprised to find out that he was still on the Orioles baseball team. Yes, apparently right. he's down there, AAA. The only reason I knew he was on the team is because I was looking at possibilities for this past week when David Hess ended up getting the start. And I saw, oh, Straley's still around. Yeah, and I saw he actually has been pitching really well in AAA. But um, for cash consideration, so really this is just a deal to line Peter Angelos' pockets um, because we get no players back in return. Just Peter Angelos gets a nice check. Is that is that what is that what Elias is now doing? Just trying to make deals to cut checks for Peter Angelos? It's recouping some right. of the losses from uh, Chris Davis's contract. I, I think he was just shocked that someone called asking for Dan Straley. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, whatever you want to give me. Yeah, yeah, I think this was was this a Venmo deal? <laughs> right, like, right. Venmo me fifty bucks, and we'll we'll, we'll call it even. Well, right. it was just a few months ago that we were the ones out there inquiring about Dan Straley with who, the Marlins or wherever he came from. Uh, he was released from the Marlins, I think, and then there we grabbed go. him because uh, he was a failure in, in Miami, and somehow we thought we could fix him. So we picked so, yeah. up a free agent and got cash at the end of the day after a month or so. Right. I, I got a stack of cash sitting here on the table that's uh, for a, a shady guy who's coming in a few minutes to deliver a washer-dryer. You think I'm paying more for the washer dryer than the Phillies are paying for Straley? Ooh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit weird, though, because I just watched Tom Eshelman pitch for the Orioles, who can't hit 86 miles per hour with his fastball. A little bit weird that we're now trading away AAA pet pitchers, even if they're not very good. Right, that somehow Tom Eshelman is considered better than Dan Straley? Yeah, I find that a little hard to believe. But, all right. Nobody called um, asking about Tom Eshelman. Yeah. Um, well, guys, what do we make of I, – I have I have a theory on this trade deadline. But what do you guys make of the fact that the most likely ca- candidates of Jonathan VR and Michael Givens and a little bit outside chance of Trey Mancini, um, none of these guys were moved. Do you think we were trying to move them and the deal just wasn't right? Um, was – I mean, these all guys are all have options next year. We have no ex- – there's only one expiring contract on this entire team, um, and that's Mark Trumbo. Everyone else is under contract next year, whether arbitration or whatever. Um, everyone's under contract for next year except for Mark Trumbo. Um, so you didn't need to make a deal, but we're rebuilding, and this is what teams do who are rebuilding. They sell their players – why did the Orioles not sell any of their players? Well, 
at this point, you're only selling to teams that are that want something to make them better. So there's two ways to look at it. One, you can be the positive way of, oh, well, we're waiting until the offseason because then we can trade the 29 teams. But there's also the attitude that you can look at, too. All our players suck. None of our guys would make a competitive team better. Yeah, I mean, I'd, if I'm a team that's uh, making a run for the pennant, I don't think the missing pieces I need are Jonathan VR and Michael Givens. That, Trey Mancini. Know. Don't forget about Trey. Maybe Trey. And, <sighs> you know, I, I don't think we were necessarily marketing these guys because they're, they're not marketable. Maybe Trey, but who wants Jonathan VR? Seriously. So, somebody yeah, that, who wants to win their win their division this year in September, get the pennant. Jonathan VR is not going to contribute to that. Now, there were talks of teams interested in all these players. Is that true, or is that just reporters, or do you think the Orioles were just asking too much for all these guys? Yeah, and that's the question. And I think, and most people, I think, assume as I just looking on Twitter, scrolling through, people and people just give Michael Elias the benefit of the doubt because he's such an experienced GM with so much past history of being great at, G- at trades. Right. I don't know. First year guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but people give him the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, he's not just, he won't just trade to trade. He's waiting until the offseason. Let me tell you something about Jonathan VR. In my humble opinion, there's a better chance in the offseason he gets DFA'd than, the fact, than that he gets traded in the offseason. All right. We, we saw what happened to Jonathan Scope, right? Jonathan Scope was cut. By the Brewers at the end of the year because they didn't want to pay his arbitration. Um, J- Jonathan VR is going into his final year of arbitration where he's going to make like five million dollars. I think there's a better chance we cut him in the offseason than he's traded. Because yes. guess what? No one is knocking down our door for Jonathan VR. And with that said, I think if someone offered us anything. Right, two seventeen-year-old Dominicans. <laughs> yeah, for Jonathan VR, <laughs> Michael Elias would have taken that deal. I don't think anybody wanted Jonathan VR. Agree. I I think there's also this there's also this thing of when Michael Elias was with the Astros, he was considered the smartest man, thinking smarter than all the GMs, and every GM's thinking this way. So no GM wants to give up prospects, especially high-ranking prospects. So you're not going to trade prospects for these guys they're not going to do the Dan Duquette move of getting rid of prospects to win now because they realize they need their prospects long term as well yeah I mean I mean that's a whole nother thing where I think if you look at the biggest losers talk about your snowflakes your strawberries cash Brian Cashman for the Yankees I would if I was a Yankee fan right now I'd be so pissed off I mean talk about a guy Falling asleep at the wheel, Brian Cashman. You need a starter. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. They just because they love their prospects. Guys who never even played in the game before. These GMs have been so in love with the, with the prospects that they're not even trying to win anymore. Like I feel like Cashman's goal is to just have a good team every year, but he doesn't care about winning the World Series. But your boy Lunau in uh, freaking Houston, who's really smart, everyone agrees. What does he do? He went all out for Verlander, right? A couple years ago, won the World Series. Now he went all out this year for Granky. Like, he yeah. gets stuff done, that man. Meanwhile, and he traded have... a bunch of guys for Granky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you have in Los Angeles, the Dodgers, Friedman, there's a team who is always good, but they can't get over the hump. 
This is their year in the National League. They got arguably their best team ever. They just need a freaking reliever. And they don't go out and get the big reliever that they need. So I'm sick of the Dodgers. I'm sick of the Yankees holding on to their prospects and not trying to win. I mean, I'm kind of happy because the Astros now will win the World Series and the Yankees won't, which makes me happy. But well, come on, the Yankees traded a right-hand bullpen guy for a left-hand bullpen guy. Yeah, a guy you never heard of. Yeah, with right. the yeah. with the Astros trade, they got Zach Greinke. Did they trade prospects? Yeah, like four prospects. Yes. See, but but the Houston Astros were at the bottom of the barrel for how many years? I'm sure they stockpiled that yep. uh, draft picks. You know, the same way the the news came out in the past week, where the the Orioles now have what uh, five or six guys in the top 100. Uh, four, or, I think. Yeah. And uh, and and we're going from number two twenty two to number eight in the rankings of Baseball America. You know, Houston had four or five consecutive years of stockpiling draft picks. They got good. It worked. It clicked. They won a World <laughs> Series, and it's maintained where they're keeping a core of them. But I'm still I'm sure they still got the stockpile sitting there of all the guys they picked up in those garbage years that they can now give away for a guy like Zach Greinke and get another World Series. Yeah, and the Astros didn't even trade their top two guys of Tucker Whitley. Uh, um, they didn't even trade those guys. So, so yeah, that's what happens when you get a really good farm system. They become assets to go out and make those deals that put you over the top. It just boggles my mind that the Yankees and Dodgers don't use their good farm system to put them over the top. I don't, I don't get that. Um, but going back to the Orioles, I think John Bar nobody wanted. I think Michael Givens is someone who... I think they could have traded for someone. Not, Not anyone much. good. No, because right now he's proven that you can't count on him in high-pressure situations. Yeah, so I think Elias is making the gamble that Gibbons can be better. And you right. can trade him when he's better. Yep. Um, and Trey Mancini, I think the deal with Trey Mancini, I know other teams want Trey Mancini. I think this proves, A, that Mike Elias likes Trey Mancini a lot. And B, Michael Elias doesn't think we're 10 years away. He thinks we can win with Trey Mancini. I really believe that. I don't think Trey Mancini is going anywhere right now or in the offseason or, or next trade deadline. I think uh, Trey Mancini is part of this future. Um, and I think the future – You think, Elias you think other future teams, is closer. You think another team wants Trey Mancini in their outfield? Oh, absolutely. With that bat? Oh, absolutely. I think he's one of the, one of the best players in baseball. Yeah. I, well, and maybe he is. And under contract for a while. I don't think it's conclusive that uh, he's going to be part of the future and Elias thinks we're less than five years away. I, you know, It could just be that he, we weren't getting the value in return. You're not just going to give him away just to get something. If they're right. not given the same value in return, then we'll just keep him. And, Why, and though? lose. Why? I, I mean, because the- you have to... You're, you can't just give them away for nothing. Why? To screw the guy that's making the offer. Why give them the advantage if they're not giving you what he's, what he's worth? Because, Bert, even if you get half of what you think he's worth, that's half more that you have now than you did before with Trey Mancini, who is not going to be part of this future. So half maybe, is better than nothing. Maybe it, maybe it is, but I'm not convinced he's part of the future and all of a sudden Elias thinks we're less than five years away. I'm not drawing that conclusion just because he didn't get traded today. No, and I think there's also something to take in mind about the team has to market someone. There's got to be someone to say, hey, come watch Trey Mancini. You're not going to run ads and commercials and promotions saying, hey, come watch Richie Martin. 
They're giving away Brooks Robinson bobbleheads. They can market the Hall of Famers. They don't need Trey's man Cindy to market the team. You think that's no, part that's of it, Josh? Giveaways. You think Elias, part of Elias' thinking at the trade deadline is that's a good offer, but I like what Trey Mancini can do from a marketing standpoint. So I'm not – or do you think – on this serious question, or do you think Elias is just doing baseball? What makes me a better baseball team? I think, I think when they have – I think you have to balance what people are offering and also compared to the consistency of a fan favorite – the guy, leader in the clubhouse. Of course, that's all. Everything I'm saying is stuff that we always said about Adam Jones, and we they had no reason to keep Adam Jones. Who was a hero a lot longer than Trey Mancini? It was yeah. much more of a fan True. favorite. Trey, than Trey Mancini's Mancini. Johnny come lately, and we still were ready to trade Adam Jones. No, I uh, I don't. I think that's silly. Uh, there's they're not. Mar- Nobody's going to cancel their season ticket package because we traded Trey Mancini. Well, that's because they don't let you cancel at midseason. And Even everybody in the canceled it. Everybody you, you know canceled I mean. it last offseason. You saw the commercials. They canceled it already. Yeah. I, I, I have tickets for a few more games the remaining uh, season. If they traded Trey Mancini, I would still go to the game. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going anymore this year. Yeah, we know. Just because they thought about trading Trey Mancini. I mean, Jonathan VR, I think he has a war of like 1.9 this year. I find it disappointing that he couldn't, that Elias couldn't find a trade partner for Jonathan VR. I know it could be a bit of a that tough sell. That is the one that stands out. But, like, because you don't, even if you don't get much back for him, you don't even really want to have to pay the guy, right? You got to pay him this year and pay him next year, and then he's a free agent. This is a way to get out of the contract and get anything back in return. I would have taken one 17 year old back for Jonathan VR. I'm finding it a little concerning that Michael Elias couldn't make that deal. I don't think teams want to give up their prospects for Jonathan Lahr. I think they want to trade like Scope last year. The Brewers didn't want to bring up prospects, so they gave us Villar. They gave a, guys want to say, "Here, take our trash." I mean, they gave us two prospects along with VR, but yeah. And and I, I think we may have gotten like a little trade happy in those years with Dan Duquette because we were always the ones on July 31 picking up and, and, you know, making a blockbuster deal like Andrew Miller or picking up a dud like Gerardo Parra. But Duquette was a player at the trade deadline every year, and maybe that's because we were competitive in those years. But, you know, I don't see, you know, just because we weren't trade happy this year, I'm not, you know, getting my panties in the water or anything. I, I think it's, it's all that we were expecting big things because of Mike Elias. And he'll, he'll have plenty more trade deadlines in the years ahead. I mean, I said after Andrew Cashman was traded, the Orioles were done trading. Because I didn't think they could find a partner for PR. And I thought Gibbons this would be sound low on. And I didn't think Trey Mancini was going anywhere. So, so you want an no. I was right hat or something? I'm just saying I was right. No, you were wrong. They traded Dan Straley. Oh, yeah. I did not see the Dan Straley trade coming. But it doesn't count if you did, if you forgot Dan Straley was even on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so does the, I mean, the Tigers were able to trade whatever the guy is, Nick, Nick Castellanos or something. And they also traded Shane Green, their closer. Detroit has a worse team than we do. And they were able to find two guys to trade away, which by the way, we're three games ahead of the Tigers for the number one pick. I mean, like three games ahead of them in the standings. 
So really, we're behind them. Right. And they just got worse by trading away two of their best players. Man, Tigers got the... You see, we weren't making... While Elias is asleep at the wheel, the Tigers are getting worse by making trades. <laughs> right, and that's what we all expected for the Orioles. Um, was that? And I guess, the, I guess we went through that last year. That, when we traded Scope, Machado, O'Day, uh, Gaussman. Yeah, but we actually have gotten we got rid of all the good stuff. A 12 and a 12. Josh, what does it mean that we went 12 and 12 in July, our first non-losing month in like two years? What do we make of a non-losing month of baseball? Is this reason for hope? Like, what does it say about our baseball team? The team played really well on the road. This, if you want to look at just this road trip out west, west the coast Orioles trip, yeah. all, always play horrible on the West Coast. Uh, and they played okay in Arizona, and they played amazing in L.A., and then they split with San Diego. So they had a really good road trip. So, I mean, there's something there. I don't know if it's the wear and tear of the season and then just – this team is just having fun and not caring, and there's something to, that you're playing for. There's also something where their bats just got really hot and they were hitting a bunch of home runs. Who knows? But it, it's fun to watch as an Oriole fan, and we have to just take little things like that to help get through this year and let us enjoy that trip. Bert, are you encouraged the, by the 12-12, and 12, or does that make you mad that we gave Detroit solid control of the number one pick next year? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm a little irritated that we had such a good month. Uh, actually, I, I was kind of uh, excited, and I actually watched a couple games this week when we had the chance to take a four-game sweep in Los Angeles. That would have been amazing, and they almost did. Went to extra innings on Sunday. Yeah, the Angels were fighting for a wild-card playoff spot. Yeah, so, I mean, that was intriguing. But then, and I was excited. I'm like, wow, this is cool. We're winning. It might take this four-game sweep. When's the last time that happened? And we lose, whatever. You come back down to reality that we're terrible. And then you realize they had a good July, like a 500 July. Okay, that I'm a little irritated about that. Uh, they also had that streak. Where, uh, they set an MLB record for multiple home runs in 10 straight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was exciting, too. It was a good month. But flukes happen. Now, July, ha, ha, ha. Let's have some fun. It's August, September. Let's get down to the home stretch here. The real goal garbage pile, number one draft pick again. Thank you very much. Well, the good thing for you, Bert, is that the, the pitching is a little bit of a mess right now, so you don't know who's going to pitch for the Orioles. I, I like that. Uh, <laughs> but, the, but the bad thing for you is they're coming home after a successful West Coast trip, and they're playing Toronto, which is ahead of us in the standings, but maybe some, on some days is a worse team. Yeah. So I think the Orioles are going to continue their luck this weekend. Well, first, shout-out to the Orioles pitching staff because they made me some money this week. I, when I saw that David Hess was pitching a couple of days ago... <laughs> you went against them. I, I, know. I picked up so many San, San, San Diego players, and I got Hosmer, who had two home runs that game, and I got the guy Reyes or whatever that they just, they just traded away. So I had a really good day on DraftKings because I just played all the Padres against David Hess. So they could make <laughs> me some money, so I appreciate that. Um but one of the things about winning that no one really talks about is winning means you're playing your players are playing well. And like I said before, all the Orioles guys are under contract, right? Like even if you look at next year um, or even like 2021, 
the only people not under contract for 2021 are like Mark Trumbo and Jonathan VR, and like that's kind of it for 2021. So these players, all these players are going to be around for a while. And when you're winning games, it means some of these young players are playing well. Like Tony Santander, he's playing. He's hitting over over 300 now. He's a large right. reason we went 500 uh, in July was because of Tony. Power. Uh, Nunez is also yeah. playing really well. Um, you know, it looks like he might even hit 40 home runs this year. That's a pleasant surprise. I hope he can stick at third base. That'd be huge if Nunez can actually play a position like third base. Um, so the fact that these guys are playing well and they're clearly part of our future. I mean, Wojciechowski, hopefully he'll be part of the future. We'll see how that goes. Um, but this this is good news because when we win, it means, especially our offense, is playing really well. Not to mention a guy like Richie Means is suddenly able to hit the ball a little bit. He's making he, he's showing speed on the base where and he might actually get above 200 by the time the season's over for his bat now. By the way, my he's my second favorite player. My first favorite player is is Wait, I thought you hated Richie. <laughs> no, wait for it, Josh. This is a joke. You say Richie Martin? Yeah, hold up, Bert. I'm going to make the joke. Oh yeah, Richie Let Martin. Let me make the Richie joke. Did I say Means? My favorite player is Miguel Gibbons and my second favorite player is Richie Means. Miguel yeah. Gibbons is number one. Richie Means is number two. I'm going to get names two. mixed up. Yeah, I got caught out for making that, getting those names mixed up earlier this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Was that, so, yeah. So, Richie Obviously, Martin. I mean, Richie Martin. Yeah. Not Richie Means. Yeah. We know what you mean. Uh, no, Richie Martin has been playing well as, as, as well. So, when you win, especially when your team's this young, it's not because, you know, Mark Trumbo is hitting home runs. It's because these young players are playing really well. Um, and so that's that's good to see. And that's, isn't that what makes this team right now fun to watch is the unexpected, like the young guys, like the uh, – the, uh, what's it? Stevie Wilkinson in center field? Yeah, sure. Who can, who can also right? throw 58 yeah, miles per yeah. hour and get it saved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dr. Poo-Poo. Yeah, Dr. Poo-Poo himself. Yeah, like guys like that are fun to watch this team. Like this is way funner to, than watching – a Jonathan Scope struggle and a Manny Machado struggle and an Adam Jones dying. Like, to watch young guys unexpected when your season's already dead, it's way more fun to watch these guys. Yeah. Well, when you, when you have no expectations and you get, yes. a, like, a faint glimmer of uh, what could be, then, yes, it is, it is a bit more exciting. But does, and I agree with all that, does a good July change at all how you view this team no no way it's a fluke you think it's all right, all right. when i make I, I i saw all the tweets and i know they were being facetious and joking saying or, or, uh, orioles making a wild card push in july and i saw those tweets and it forced me to go check the wild card standings to find out if people <laughs> were actually joking or if they were being serious so 20 no, 23 and a half games back i think we it's uh it's a stretch. We got to jump over some teams too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I hear what you're saying, Burp. Though when players, when these young players play well, like all of a sudden, if Nunez and Santander are part of your future, all of a sudden we have two players that I didn't know we had who could be part of our future. So that's kind of nice. And and same with Means, right? Like Means is now a new player who's going to be part of the future that I didn't account for 
at the beginning of the season. Sure. Now, now, yeah. Now, the interesting thing is all these guys that you're saying, oh, I didn't account for. They're all Dan Duquette moves. Uh, so what? He's gone. They're guys, sure. they're guys. You know, John Means, Santander. So was Chris Davis and guys. Mark Trumbo. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it you all evens those out. Guys up, if you bring up those guys, it's okay, but that's going to point to the winning seasons. I'm saying exactly. these are like leftover guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is how it always happens, right? Like Duquette had a handful of guys left over from McPhail, and now uh, Elias has a handful of guys left over from Duquette. That's, that's the nature and, of the beast. And Duquette yeah. didn't sign those guys expecting that they're going to be like playoff contenders with Renato Nunez and uh, Santander. You know, they, they're just who's left over at this point. And we're in last place for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not patting him on the back for picking up Renato Nunez. He's just he's here. He's showing flashes, but we're still in last place, and we should be the worst team in baseball. Stupid Tigers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but when you and I and I hope, like, if I'm if I'm um, manager Hyde, here's a couple things I wish you would do more. I wish you would play more Nunez at third base, because. DH and first base were pretty much set at. We don't have a third baseman. There's no one in the minors. Like, we don't have a third baseman at all. What about Hanser Alberto? Well, he's uh, Mr. Utility. He can play everywhere. All right. All right. But we need a third baseman. And so if Nunez is that guy, if he can be your everyday third baseman, that frees up a first base DH spot. Um, which now, like, I'm just looking next year and two years down the road. Outfield is set. Corner infield is set. If you take Ryan Mountcastle or Trey Mancini at first, um, Nunez is a third. We just need a shortstop at second base, and we get ourselves an offense. And then we just need to find yeah. 12 people who can pitch. <laughs> well, you got Wojciechowski. You got Means. Yeah. Then we need 10 more. And, uh, 10 more. <laughs> Go. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I can't, I, yeah, there's no more. Yeah, well, I mean, next year is going to be huge, right? Because um, next year is when all these double-A guys – we're having great years at Bowie, presumably right. makes the jump to now Norfolk with one, the funny balls. We, right, right. Well, no, Norfolk's, yeah, Norfolk's got the funny balls, but the funny balls are what we have in Major League Baseball now. Right. Because we saw one move where we saw Dylan Tate come up this week from Bowie to the majors, and that was one of the discussion points is people were having about the difference in balls between what he was used to throwing to what he's now throwing in a game that matters. Yeah. Yeah, and, and my argument, and I said this kind of funny, but then Adam Pohl, uh, announcer of the Blue Paystox, agreed with me, even though I was making a joke, saying that uh, they should use the double-A balls in the majors because it seems to be right. kind of more entertaining. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. The games are faster and more entertaining in, in Boo than they are in the majors with all the silly dongs happening in the majors. And that's, that's where you can point to and say there's something up with the balls is when you compare the game of double-A compared to the major leagues with two different ball types. And I, I'll never understand why when Major League Baseball owns the factory, why they can't just have the same ball everywhere. I know people say it's money it's and materials and the cost of balls, but you're talking about pennies when you're making thousands of balls. It, and, each uh, ball costs I, $9 to make. Yeah, right, right. And I guess they're just so cheap. Uh, well, we know that they're cheap with their minor league teams because they don't play minor league players enough. They have to do these host homes and everything. Yeah. But I so guess they're, 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 even penny, they're even penny pitching with baseballs, even though 
it would probably help your player develop better if he was using the same crappy balls all the way through. Right, but the teams don't choose the balls. Right. Yeah. Hey, can I get a couple? Can one. I get a, to a couple coconuts this, uh, today? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a break and then come back with coconuts. I got three coconuts. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. All right, so I got three coconuts this week. Coconut number one, Brody Van Wagenen. You guys know who that is? Nope. Oh, my gosh. I'm working with a bunch of amateurs. Uh, is, he, is he a swimmer? He's, he's the general manager of the Mets. Oh, okay. All right. So here's a guy where everyone's like, Mets should be selling. Um, you got to sell if you're not, you know, in contention. If you're not 10 games up in your division, you should be in sell mode. Here's a guy, four games under 500. He doesn't care. He goes out and trades for Marcus Stroman. I love that. When, I love the move where everyone's selling and everyone says you need to sell and rebuild. If you're not winning the World Series this year, you got to sell and rebuild. He says, no, I'm going to play. I'm going to win this year and win next year. I'm buying. I love that. I think that's a ballsy move. And, I, and I'm now kind of like the Mets because of it. I, I like the idea of when you're going for a guy that's under control and for next year and you think he can help you next year. And why not make the move now where you have him for the whole year? I like that. Yeah, and they got it for two average prospects. It was like nothing to give up. Uh, so right. I love that move. And they're My, sticking it to uh, some of the other teams that would have wanted him that are actually are contending this year. Right. And the other teams they're sticking it to specifically is the New York Yankees, which is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, let, they're going to hold all the good pitchers, and the Yankees need a starting pitcher, and they never got one. My second coconut is I really like this. I don't like this guy, but I thought this was a total coconut move. You guys saw this. Trevor Bauer had a bad outing. Yeah, it was awesome. They come to take the ball from him. He says, oh, you want this ball, coach? And he takes the ball, says, you can go get it. He chucks it over the center from the mound, over the center field fence. That's a total I, coconut move. I love that he went for the furthest place like possible. There, he could throw it anywhere else in the stadium, and it's closer to get it over the fence. Yeah. And that's more of like some people will go in like into the dugout and break a telephone or something with their baseball bat or like or smash some urinals in the bathroom. This guy is just in front of everyone on the mound saying, you, saying I, I can't give you the ball because in the center field stands. I love that. Right. Unfortunately, the like the umpire has extra baseballs back there. I wish that was the only ball and he had to like walk out there and get it. But that was a total well, yeah, coconut that, move. He just got traded today. Yeah, except. Yeah, he was traded right. for throwing the ball out there. That was sad. Yeah, today was the day of, of punishing guys getting in fights. Uh, it's a total little league move where you only have the one ball, and you're like, well, if I can't play, no one can play. Yeah, that's like in little league when you hit the home run, and the guy who hits the home run, then actually go and run and find the ball that they hit. Right, right. Um, so they, That's what they should have made. They should have made. The ump should have made, made him walk out to center field and get yeah. the ball. But I love Don't it. Don't you know those cost $9 a piece? That's right. If I'm ever a professional pitcher in the majors and I get yanked out of a game, I'm going to do that move. 
I would have rather caught that ball than a home run ball. Yeah. <laughs> As a fan, I would if I got that, I would get that one signed immediately, and that would go up on a mantle. That'd be special. You want to just go throw it back, John? Do like the rookie type move and throw it back. I want a jersey and a signed glove <laughs> no. and a bat. You know, and... I see the guys sometimes. You know, the whole throw it back guys. Yeah. When someone and I've always thought it'd be cool to get the ball, uh, but I'd be like worried that I would embarrass myself trying to throw it back. Yeah. Like if I throw it back and it doesn't get to second base, that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Though my 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 dream is like some people dream of like catching a Cal Ripken home run. Um, or in, in this case, a Trey Mancini home run. Like my like my dream is is to is to catch like an Aaron Judge home run and just chuck it back. Like that's all I want is to catch a Yankee home run and chuck it back in the stands as everyone cheers. And that's chuck all it I back. Want. Yeah, yeah. And I would chuck it fast back, and yeah, I would wait. I would wait, get everyone riled up, and then chuck it back right when the guy's about to throw out the next pitch. So they got to stop the field of play, stop the pitch. Call, call time while everyone cheers for me. That's that's what I want to do. That's on my bucket how long, list. How long is the delay from when it's acceptable to throw back a home run to when it becomes fan interference and you're throwing stuff onto the field? I think as long as you do it before the next pitch, you're okay. All right, well, then you need to do it, like, right before the very next pitch yeah. is about to be thrown. Yeah. Right. Like, like <laughs> yeah. Once you get once you get the, staring down the catcher, that's when you throw yeah. it. I think, and yeah. bonus – Bonus points if they change out the pitcher after that home run. So then you're waiting even longer <laughs> after his warm-up pitches. Now he's about to throw his first real pitch. Then you throw it back. Yeah, that's another. You could like, like do it like wait till the moment they least expect it, and then throw it back. Yeah, that could yes. be another option. Yeah, and I think you got it. That's one of those things where you got you need to have friends with you that start the whole throw it back chant. So you get you got to build up some some momentum too. Oh yeah, I need a chant. I'm not throwing it back unless someone gives me a chant. That's true. Um, my other coconut this week is Amir Garrett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun, that was too, amazing. today. Yeah. One of my favorite things in baseball is a brawl. One of the best things about a brawl is when you have one kind of crazy dude just run at the other team and surround mm-hmm. him by the other team. And you only have right. it for a second because the other team's going to come running out there. Give him five minutes and the bullpen will come out there. But, but Amir Garrett taking on the entire... Pirates team uh, made for great television. I love. There should be more brawls in baseball. There should be more throwing out like, players, more brawls, more action. I like the remix that's going around on Twitter with the where they change out the audio to Leroy Jenkins. I haven't heard that. The old video game audio. So it's him yelling, and then he goes into the crowd. Yeah, or into the uh, yeah. team. So that that's yeah, and that's remix. a coconut. Any any. Any guy who likes to brawl and fight in my book's a winner and it's a coconut. I don't care whose fault it is. I don't care who started it. Anyone who's like willing to just go out there and start throwing punches on the baseball field, I think they're a coconut. I like those guys. I, the, yeah. the Pirates and the Reds have been ugly with each other all season. That's, that's, that's fun to watch. Yeah, I know. We need, like, we haven't had, maybe because we're not playing competitive baseball, uh, so we can't have these nice brawls with us and the Yankees when we're both competitive. But, you know, we haven't had these yeah. brawls recently. Yeah. And we yeah. almost had a few with Manny Machado. But now Manny Machado, like, who wants to – like, Trey Mancini's not going to brawl anybody. Come on now. No, we don't have any hotheads on the team right yeah. now. Yeah. We need Pedro Strope back throwing at people. Give me Armando Benitez. Uh, like, where, 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 where's he at? I feel like Kashner could have gotten in some fights. Yeah. 
but he's yeah. Gone I feel now. like Mark Trumbo. If we could get him back on the field, and someone does something offensive to his sensibilities, well, if he, I feel like Mark Trumbo. If he would have saw those pies in Arizona, I mean. Yeah. Um. So, so those are a couple coconuts I, I got this week. Uh, I also got the chance talk about a coconut in the, in the making to see Grayson Rodriguez. Um, I think he's most people have him the Orioles uh, what third ranked prospect. I think after um, Adley Rushman and DL Hall, I think Grayson Rodriguez. That man was yeah. throwing 97 miles per hour. I watched him pitch five innings, struck out ten batters, and then was taken out of the game. Um, did a little scouting report. Uh, fastball location, not very good, but his off-speed stuff was excellent. I never thought I'd be this guy, but I turned out to be this guy. Where we were sitting right to the, um, you know, second, uh, you know, the, the second section, you know, that, that there's only like a lower section, but the second right. section down there, and we were sitting, you know, maybe twenty feet to the left of the of where the catcher is. Um, okay, so like behind home plate. Yeah, but not off to the side. Right, right. Like, like, okay. But where gotcha. we are, where we were sitting, is right where the behind-the-catcher netting came to an end. Right. And i got to be oh, honest. Oh, and you had, you had your kid with you. you had, I was sitting there with right? Silas, my two-year-old, and I felt a little bit uncomfortable. I never thought I'd be this guy, but I felt a little bit uncomfortable being exposed because that netting only goes right behind the catcher. It doesn't extend to, to, to the dugout. And we were in between the dugout and where the net ended. And it made me a little bit uncomfortable. It forces you to pay attention. I had to pay attention to every pitch. But then, yeah. like, I realized, because I was there with friends, too, and I talked to the friend, I realized, oh, I missed that pitch. If that pitch would have came back. Like, I think it's unreasonable for to expect me to pay attention to every single pitch. Especially so, in a minor so you're league suddenly, game. you're suddenly a pro-net guy? I've never guy? been a pro-net guy, but taking my son to lower section, mostly because anyone that sits in a lower section at Camden Yards... I assume is is rich, therefore I'm biased against them. But now I'm well, just a commoner. I'm a commoner, and I was sitting in the lower section of Marley game, and I was exposed. Yeah, now see, I guess it's different because it's a minor league game. You got to sit in the lower section. Yeah, that's the only section uh, where in at Camden Yards. I think of it well. If I'm taking my kids, I wouldn't choose those seats. I would choose other seats. And then when I'm on my own, I'll go sit in the in the area without netting. But uh, I don't know. It would take me a lot to become a net guy. I don't think there's a choice. I think Major League Baseball is going to start doing nets in all the stadiums and extending them even more. But uh, you can you go pro net. I'm staying with no yeah, net. I mean, if I wasn't there with my two-year-old son, I, would be, I wouldn't care. I, I don't mind getting hit with a baseball. Maybe it's the fact that my girls have want nothing to do with baseball, so I don't care. Yeah, and my son like loves it. But, like, he never watches the game, right? He's always staring at people and looking at everything. So he wouldn't have no idea that a ball hit his face until it hit his face. I also got a, <laughs> a bobblehead, a bobblehead giveaway. There was a long line to get in the stadium to get a Jimmy Allen bobblehead. I, I'm having to Google who Jimmy Allen is. Um, apparently he's a um, – what's that? He's a, there's a town in Delaware. Is it um, – He's a something native. Uh, they were bragging about him being a Delaware native, close to Salisbury. Milton yeah, Delaware. Yeah, yeah, Milton native. Um, so they were bragging about that. I guess that's his claim to fame, Jimmy Allen. But he's wearing a short. He's a country hat. music singer. 
And song Yeah, but he was not at the game. So I thought maybe he'd be at the game to yeah. sign my bobblehead. Oh, he wasn't? I thought that was the whole point was that yeah, he was no, going to be at the game. No, apparently they played his music in the background, but I couldn't even recognize the music. If it was his or just some random country singer. I'm not up to date on my country music, but Jimmy Allen. I don't know. He's a country singer. Speaking of music, a lot of people saying that the Billy Joel concert was great. And that Camden Yards was an awesome place to see a concert. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear yeah, anything about it except for the thousands yeah. of uh, people posting in my Facebook stream that night. Yeah, yeah. Lots of apparently I also all of my Facebook privately were there. sent to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people who have not been to an Oriole game in many years went out for this Billy Joel thing. Oh. I went to Billy Joel at uh, the Raven Stadium a few years ago, and it was awesome. Uh, so if I was in town, I would have gone and probably joined the plethora of Facebook posts. I went to it. But it's good to see the Orioles doing things like that and doing different things. With, and that fact that that was a success means they'll do it again and they'll try different things with Camden Yards. Oh, but one thing I could not stop thinking about, uh, and you guys can vouch for this because we were all there together, uh, when we did that on-field experience that time last year, and how stingy that groundskeeper yeah. lady was about oh just, we couldn't even we couldn't even lay our hats on the grass. Oh my! And to see them laying all those platforms all over <laughs> the outfield grass, I could just visualize the steam coming out of her ears. <laughs> they they had to promise her like a whole new field or something <laughs> after the concert. Wow! Yeah, that guy who put his beer bottle on the field. I still don't think he can walk straight after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just the stinging from her eyes crippled him. A client of mine used to be the, uh, used to run um, Ringland Brothers. But they're a bigger organization that runs lots of different things. And one of the things that they would run are the monster trucks. Uh So one year they had the monster trucks at M&T Bank Stadium. And they put in so much dirt into that stadium for the monster truck event that they destroyed the field completely and had to pay for the Ravens to get a whole new football field. There you go. Who would have thought that some monster trucks would destroy a football field? Didn't see that one coming. So, right, so right. Billy Joel oh, comes out, they... Billy Joel comes out with a new album next year for the first time in 25 years. We know why it's cause he's got to uh, fit the bill for the ruined outfield. Right. Well, apparently on those monster truck things, they just work it into the price, assuming they're going to have to replace everyone's fields. That's crazy. But I, w- I, I would love to see a live album or a live video come out of Billy Joel at Camden Yards. Yeah, I don't care about really care about Billy Joel or concert at the stadium. But I think Josh is right that this is smart from the Orioles because just like trading Dan Straley for cash considerations, this is another opportunity for Peter Angelos to line his pockets because goodness knows he's not spending any money on this on the salary of this roster. Right, right. And hey, you got to get in all that you can before the stadium lease expires in a couple of years and the team has to leave. Hey, do you know what our projected salary is next year? This is including all those guys' arbitration and what they'll make. Do you know how much we're projected to? Uh... Um, $65 million. No, the answer is we're projected to spend after arbitration cases, assuming we you know take everyone back, $50 million. Do you know what's funny about that? No. Chris Davis what? is set to make $23 million of the $50 million. Yeah, about half. That's insane. And Alex yeah, Cobb, insane. this that's is more crazy. insane. Alex Cobb is set to make $14 million. So between Chris Davis and Alex Cobb, Two guys. next year they'll make $37 million. And the rest of the team 
the rest of the roster thirteen million dollars. That's insane. Yeah, we we really have to get down on our knees at night and say our prayers that these drafted farm pitchers pan out because we are never ever ever going to sign a free agent pitcher again. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Alex Cobb is still signed right for a couple more years, 2020, 2021. I but I don't know, like maybe he's done. Like I don't even know what's happening with Alex Cobb. Yeah. I mean, the, the, Right, the hope is that he ha- plays well next year and they can trade him. Him and Abaldo Jimenez being the last two, forget it. We're not even going to be in that ballpark anymore. Yeah, it kind of pisses me off because Lance Lynn, who's the other guy we were talking about along with Alex Cobb, he's pitching really well. So it kind of pisses me off that Lance Lynn's pitching well while we're stuck with Alex Cobb who can never stay healthy. Yeah. But that's whatever. That's the story of the Orioles. Do you guys take any joy that we thought we were selling, selling Kevin Gossman low – but apparently last year, Dan Duquette sell, sold Kevin Gossman high because he's just gotten worse. Um, not that Dan Duquette was high when he traded him, but like the, the value of Kevin Gossman was high. Um, do you guys think Joy... You, you're saying Kevin Gossman no, was Dan high? Dan Duquette sold him high. Do you think uh, Kevin Gossman, um, does that make you happy that he's been so bad? It, no, I like Gossman. It feels good to... I mean, there's part of me that, you know, it's back to reality. He is as advertised, apparently. But for those first few months when he was hot, we were like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I think we all thought for sure we're looking at the next Cy Young winner in the NL. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the discussion last year was which one do you want to trade, Gossman or Bundy? And I look now and I think I still probably would have rather had Gossman. I don't know. I don't know. Because he's a former I'd friend of the really show. He's a former friend of the show. Yeah, that helps. All right, guys. You ready to uh, to wrap it up and get out of here? Sure. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey. Why is um, – I'm just looking at the, this coming week, and we don't even know the starter for tomorrow yet. Is this how it's going to be the rest of the year? No. TBD until the rest of the year? Is that what we're working with here? I think it's twofold. I think it's the fact that uh, – that they had no clue who would be traded today, if anyone. And then they're all, I don't know, it's, it's TBD, and I think that they would rather, I think we, we're going to get to a point with baseball and this opener and TBDs and switching and the whole thing that, like, Boston had last week where it was, like, took, like, 25 minutes to figure out about a substitution. Well, I think it's what Milwaukee I did think, in the playoffs last year, right, where they kind of dinked right, them by right. starting a guy and then. I think. I think it's going to turn into the NFL, where they're not going to announce their starters ahead yeah. of time. That's all you need is a Brian Belichick type to come, uh, Bill Belichick type to come in and, uh, and <laughs> right, right. Shake it up. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll watch someone pitch against the Blue Jays, um, but guys, we got to lose some games or the Blue Jays will overtake us. Yeah, that ain't cool. Yeah. All right, guys. So overall grades for the trade deadline, I give the Orioles a D minus. Not enough because they traded Cashner, so I guess that's something. <laughs> right, they traded Cashner and they got two guys, so yeah, it's a D. Yeah, I just. Uh, uh, Can we mark incomplete and include the off season? Yeah, they get an I. Yeah, I'm. Not, I I had no expectations. Yeah, and I don't expect them to trade these guys in the off season. Everyone's saying, "Oh, they'll just trade them in the off season." I don't expect that either. So I'm not holding my breath for that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. All right. You're not gonna get. You're not going to get anything. Anybody we get for them, it's going to be somebody you never heard of. Hopefully, it would be a prospect, but 
I mean, that's why my feelings aren't hurt one way or the other. I, you know, we got two 17 year old kids for Kashner a few weeks back. You know, yeah. Incomplete. Yeah. I'm going to watch this debate. I'm, ho- I'm hoping for some more action in this debate. Hopefully, it'll be more action in this debate. We're about to watch them with the uh, trade deadline for the Orders. All right, yeah. All right, then wrap up the show. Oh, I was waiting for the music. There's no music, though, right? No, I put it in okay. after the war- okay. afterwards. Yeah. After. We got through that last I feel like we've talked about this for the past like, yeah. month since Josh moved. It's been the past three weeks. I keep telling and you I it comes in afterwards. I still keep on dragging things on. Yeah. I, I, wish we had, I wish we had video back. and I'm, we, We'll probably bring video back in the next year or so. But I like it tonight because Burke's like on a rocking chair or something. He keeps coming in and out of frame. Heck, yeah. I love rocking chairs. Yeah. And I hope, as long as it's not making noise. In the future, listeners, when I say, like, we got to wrap this up, just turn the show off then, because I'm going to be yeah. another 20 minutes trying to wrap it up. You can follow us on Twitter. Get all my hot takes on Twitter. I've been throwing out some hot takes there at Section 336. Um, you can just Josh's takes on how Chris Davis is back by, by following Josh on Twitter. At and Josh if you follow Rocha. Bert, you might see some Disney pics. You can follow Bert on Twitter. Better check it on my Instagram, but it's still the same, at Bert Rody. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage.